Support for WNKU comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their weekly meetings are available at 859-292-7342. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WNKU, Northern Kentucky University, its staff, management, or board of regents. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. And now, your host, Vena Jones-Cox with Real Life Real Estate Investing on WNKU. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. We do now have on line five our guest, uh, Reggie Brooks, joining us from, I believe, from his home in Los Angeles. Reggie, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. I want, um, for, for those folks who listen to Real Life Real Estate but maybe are not familiar with you, Reggie, uh, I'd like you to, to, to give a little bit of your background on how you get into real estate. And I'd like you to, I'd like you to tell us, is it true that you used to make $36,000 a year, and now you have made as much as $36,000 in one month? Well, a lot more than that in some cases, but if you average it out, yeah, it's true that I uh, used to work at the phone company, and I was making 36000 a year. That was before taxes, by the way, and once the tax man gets his cut, uh, you know, then we're looking at maybe around twenty four net or so. Um, we consistently, we got involved in real estate, and, and I'll explain a little bit about how we got there, but we ended up making about $42,000 a month just from our rental income, and then we also had deals that we were doing to make lump sums of cash as well. Um, yeah, it's been a really nice, nice ride. Uh, the way we got started in real estate, I once again worked for the phone company, needed more money, and you know, a lot of months left at the end of my money, and so started looking around for other opportunities and ended up watching an infomercial went down uh, to the class they, they were the seminar and I bought a two-day uh, boot camp to teach me all about real estate and that's what began the process of me changing my life mm -hmm. to fast forward a little bit we got involved with abandoned properties after about two years in real estate we walked away from our job six months after we got started in real estate where uh, I was able to replace my $3,000 a month with um, a little over $4,000 a month every month, and then we went on to 42000 And since then, we specialized in a really unique niche uh, being called abandoned properties. We've uh, perfected a system where a person can go out there without a lot of competition, uh, find these properties that other people just walk away from and convert them into big, big cash. Mm -hmm. And some of the... Uh, uh, lump sums of cash that we've had range anywhere from uh, uh, sixty thousand to over three hundred thousand dollars on one deal. Now, Reggie, you're, you're making you're making a, a, us poor folks out in the Midwest cry because uh, we, we should point out that one of the reasons that you're that you're able to make such huge amounts of money is you are working in a market that I have heard and conventional wisdom says there are no deals. And that is the the California market. I mean, don't you just love it? Yeah, people people say, oh, I can't can't get deals there because people can get more than their property's worth just by putting a sign in the yard. And here you are telling us, oh, 
<laughs> no, you know, making $42,000 a month in L.A. Dina, I'd like to share with you the record. Now, you know I keep in touch with my students, mm -hmm. and I have, oh, thousands all over the country now, and, and uh, they let me know about the deals that they're doing, but I have to tell you the largest check that we've seen so far on an abandoned property, and I talk about it in my seminars that I do, $394,000. Now, interesting uh, the way that this happened, uh, and I, I want everybody to understand, you don't expect to do this, but uh, this was my son. I mentored my son. And this was one deal that he and his wife did. They were working on about five other deals when they bought this one. So they just put it on a back burner. But that was a while ago. When they finally got around to working on this one, appreciation had set in. The values of these properties had gone up so high that he ended up with a check of three hundred ninety-four grand. And that's enough for most of us to live on for... Several years. <laughs> that's yes. That's and, and well, that's not definitely not the average. Of course, that's the high. Right, right. But you, you know, you love to hear these stories because they're motivating. Now, um, can you define for me, Reggie, what you mean when you say an abandoned property? Does that just mean one that somebody doesn't live in, or does it mean it's boarded up, or what does it mean? Well, what it means to me is is a person who walks away from a property for whatever reason. Um, there can be a divorce or, or an illness or death or even just a job relocation or many other reasons, but they walk away from the property. Property is no longer producing an income for them now. And as we know, houses are built to live in, and when you don't live in a house, it just kind of deteriorates. Mm -hmm. So the grass grows high, the windows get knocked out, somebody may board them up. Um, you may see old news on the porch, uh, uh, trash in the, in the yard, what have you. You, you can recognize them. Mm -hmm. uh, and so a person walks away, and they may still be making a mortgage on these properties. Mm -hmm. Even if they own them free and clear, they're at least paying taxes and insurance. Sure. So what we're ending up with is a headache for the owner. Money going out, no money coming in, nothing but liability sitting there. Excellent. So what we specialize in, in teaching my students is how to, first of all, recognize these properties when you see them, how to find the owners, how to negotiate with those owners, how to get the owner what he wants, which is relief from the bleeding of money going out, mm -hmm. and then how to turn that property around, make it an asset to the community, make it available for families who need housing, and then put a, a ton of cash in your pocket at the same time. Uh, now, Reggie, I want to I want to come back to the to the other steps that you just ran off very quickly. Uh, but first, I want to go to a caller, uh, Paul on line three, who has found a vacant building. Mm -hmm. He's located the owner. But the problem is the city has barricaded it, and he needs to know how he can get in. Paul, are you there? Yeah, and that's pretty much the scenario. Okay, and, and so your, your only question at this point is how to get past those boards? Well, there's a padlock on the front door. I haven't spoken to the owner. I have a call in to him. Um, but there's a padlock on the front and, you know, a posting on there saying it was barricaded by the city, and I've gone to the records here in Cincinnati and, and verified that. So my assumption is that they are the ones to put the padlock on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if that's the case, what gyrations do I need to, <laughs> do the owner and I need to go through to get inside the building? Well, Paul, I think, and I'm going to throw this over to Reggie, but I, I think the first thing he's going to tell you is get the permission of the owner first. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, Reggie, what, how, how would you handle or how do you I'm sure you must see properties all the time that have been barricaded. Yeah, sure. And you're absolutely right, Vina. You, you can't do anything without permission from that owner. Um, permission from the city isn't anything unless they're the owners. So I'd find the owner of that property, get permission to go inside, and then I would take that letter, and if they want it notarized, I'd even have it notarized. Whatever hoops they want me to jump through, I'll jump through them. 
but uh, and then I'll present that to the city and ask if uh, if they can you know provide entrance into this property. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be the way you want to go. And uh, uh, Paul, many times the the city of Cincinnati, for whatever reason, when they barricade properties, they don't put padlocks on them. They just they just what they do is they they take a big piece of plywood on the inside and a big piece of plywood on the outside, and they run a like a you know. 14-inch screw through the right. through the two of them, and in that case, when I have the permission of the owner to go in, I take my cordless drill and I unscrew all of those things, and then I put them back when I'm done, mm -hmm. because the the reason that the property is barricaded is for the safety of the neighborhood, right? Uh, not because the city's trying to punish the owner sure. or trying to keep people out. Well, but yes, they're trying to keep people out, but it's not a buyer who's thinking about buying it and fixing it up that they're trying to keep out its kids and drug dealers and people like that. So number one, get a hold of that owner. And number two, uh, see if you can't get the city to give you a, um, a key to that padlock or have somebody meet you out there or something of that nature. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right. Appreciate your call, Paul. Uh, we're going to be back with more information from Reggie Brooks on how to make money in abandoned properties right after this news and weather. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate on 89.7 WNKU. Support for WNKU comes from Columbia Savings Bank, serving the serious residential real estate investor. Michelle Profont, their investor mortgage specialist, is available at 513-281-2443. Columbia Savings Bank, serving the entire Cincinnati and northern Kentucky metropolitan area. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Mr. Reggie Brooks, star of stage... Radio screen, I don't know about yet, but I'm sure going to get there some at some point. Reggie invests in real estate in California, amongst other places, and teaches folks from all over the United States how to make money in abandoned properties. Reggie, we talked about what an abandoned property is, and basically it sounds like another definition would be just an unwanted property. You pretty much so. You, you've got a property that the owner's walked away from, obviously doesn't want the headache of it any longer. Mm -hmm. Problem is, he is still saddled with that mortgage and also the responsibility. So uh, what we want to do is to learn how to find and how to approach those owners. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have students all over the country, and, and I hear some of the most interesting stories. And I'd like to share one with you. There's uh, one of my students found an abandoned property. And uh, he went ahead, found the owner, tied it up under contract. And then one of the things that we teach, Vina, is how to look right around your neighborhood, right there where that abandon is, look up and down the streets for more opportunity. So he looks up and down the streets, and he finds this property right across the street that was really in good shape. I mean, the lawn was manicured, freshly painted. Um, the shrubs were very healthy and beautiful property. And there was a for sale sign. And so he called, at first he did a little research and he found that that property had been for sale for a number of months and the um, realtor couldn't sell it so they went from one realtor to another, thus dropping the price all the way down the line because they couldn't sell it for some reason. So he goes over there and makes an offer, a low ball offer, way below the already discounted price and he gets it. And now obviously there's a reason why they couldn't sell that property because it was across the street from that abandoned property. Sure. Nobody wanted to live across the street from an eyesore like that. So he buys both of them, fixes up the abandoned, and then sells them both real high. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
Yes, um, uh, keeping your eyes open for that sort of opportunity is always a good thing in real estate. And uh, Reggie, we actually we actually have another caller on the line that I want to go to, and I want to invite folks to to pick your brain while we've got you on the air here today at eight five nine five seven two. 7897 or toll free at 888-ASK-VENA, 888-ASK-V-E-N-A. On line two, we have Kim calling from your neck of the woods out there in California, Reggie, oh, who's got a question about finding owners. Ken, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, Vina. How are you? Good. Good to hear from you, Ken. Thank you. Back at you. You had a question for Reggie regarding a very technical issue that, that stops a lot of people yes. from buying abandoned properties. And that is, how do you, how do you find the owners? Well, uh, maybe I'll make it more specific because I have both of your courses, of course. And I know that there is the whitepages.com, the tax rows, et cetera, et cetera. But I still end up, along with some of my students, we still end up getting quite a few postcards back where the owner's not there. Mm-hmm. So my question is specifically is, uh, I was thinking of a method, and my question is this. Is it wise, or do you think, either one of you think that it is wise to send a postcard to the neighbors looking for that owner, or what is your favorite method of finding the owners, your most accurate method? Very creative idea there, Ken. And, and, and Reggie, let's, um, let, 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 let's, let, let me rephrase the question a little bit this way, if it's okay with Ken. Mm-hmm. We all know the normal ways to find the owners. You know, you, you look at the tax rolls, you, you, you knock on the neighbor's doors, you send them a piece of mail, assuming that that stuff has failed, which I find that it fails about half the time. Wow. I, I find that about half the time I'm still not... I, with with all the quote normal stuff, I'm still not finding the owner. What is your favorite way of then tracking these folks down? Well, before I get to skip tracing, I'm going to talk to those neighbors and build a rapport because see, somebody in that neighborhood knows that owner. When that owner left, he probably left his number with someone there because he wants them to notify him if the place burns down or something. <laughs> so somebody knows him. So. I'm going to approach them by, first of all, letting them know what's in it for them. Hi, my name is Reggie Brooks, and I was interested in that property right next door to you over there. Boy, I could really fix that property up and make it look so nice. By the way, you know once it's fixed up, your property values are going to really skyrocket around here. Have you got any idea where I can find that owner? And now, if he doesn't know, then I'm going to ask him, well, you you know, you're right next door to him. When he was here, was there someone else in the neighborhood that was, maybe they were friendly, maybe used to go fishing together, whatever? And I was, well, yeah, Jim down the street in that pink house. And so I might hop around from one house to another, maybe do five, six, seven hops or so. Mm-hmm. But I look at myself, and I want you to look at yourself as a Columbo, as an investigator who's ready to go the extra mile. Because where you're able to go the extra mile and find that owner, you beat out most other people who are lazy and don't want to go the extra mile. You'll make a lot more money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and then you you mentioned just just casually there that the ultimate thing is you know if it's been abandoned for a long time and maybe the neighbors don't know anymore who owns it, uh, that there are people who you can pay to track down the owners. Finding the owner's name is easy. You can then pay people to track them down, and those people are called skip tracers. And we can't recommend a particular skip tracer uh, here on public radio. But um, uh, if you if you really think there's a good deal there, you can always spend a little bit of money and uh, find out where that that owner is. Absolutely, I Very totally good. agree. And I think I heard the listener uh, ask the uh, well, mention about uh, sending a letter to the neighbors. I'll tell you what one of my students did in. Uh, 
using a skip trace company, he's able to find these elusive owners where the average person can't. And this particular one, he was having trouble. So he found the neighbors and called them on the phone and asked, hey, you know what? Uh, that property that's right next door, that property that's six uh, houses down from you, just looking for that owner. And he was able to actually get these neighbors and their telephone numbers and get them on the phone. So uh, I agree, being that skip tracing is one of the greatest tools that we can have. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right. I appreciate your call, Ken. Thank uh, you both. Appreciate it. <laughs> don't be a stranger to real life real estate. We love hearing from our listeners uh, from all over the United States. Our local number here is 859-572-7897. Our toll-free long distance number is 888-ASK-VENA. That's 888-ASK-VENA if you are not uh, from here in the greater Cincinnati area. Um, we need to um, uh, talk a little bit more, Reggie, about what causes properties to become abandoned because I, I think that one of the one of the problems real estate investors have with the whole idea of making money in abandoned properties is they, they have this idea that maybe the property is abandoned because it's no good, the property is abandoned because it can't make money, the property and there, there's probably a hundred reasons that properties become abandoned. What are some of the most common ones that you see? Well, when you said that the uh, the image of uh, 3609 uh, 4th Avenue pops in my mind, this was a property that had been abandoned for a long time. When we found the owner, the owner would live oh, about four or five miles away in a really nice neighborhood, great big beautiful um, home, huge home. You could tell that they had a lot of money. Their problem was that they were sick and tired of paying the taxes on it. They owned it free and clear. Uh, I've had another case where... Uh, many uh, siblings uh, inherited a property, and once all of uh, you know, once the property was theirs to sell, they couldn't wait to get rid of that property because it was just sitting there, and they'd be responsible. So you know, I could go on and on and on, and every story, every person may have a different story. So what I like to teach is is be careful, watch yourself. Don't get so involved in why an owner does what an owner does, because, Vina, I think you know that owners do very strange things. Very true. They do very strange things, and they give away tons and tons and tons of equity just to get a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. And and I've seen uh, abandoned properties where the, the problem was that, A, it was in a state, as, as one of the ones you mentioned was, and, B, the heirs were fighting with each other yeah, and, yeah. And, and couldn't sit down together in the same room and make an agreement about what was going to happen to the property. Yeah. And yet none of them wanted it, none of them were paying the bills, and none of them were you know, making sure that the property was, was being you know, secured and not being vandalized and so on. And it took a third party going in and talking to each one of them. There were four sisters in this case yeah. and saying... Um, uh, you know, let's let let's get this taken care of. I know you're I know you're mad at Mabel, and I, yeah, I'm sure Mabel yeah. did something to make you mad. But let's just get this <laughs> let's just get this off your off your plate so you don't have to worry about it anymore. Uh, and, you're and, absolutely right. And and yes, the um, the uh, uh, important thing to remember is uh, an abandoned property is always costing someone. Always, always, always costing someone something, and people get tired of the bleeding of money going out and no money coming in. Mm -hmm. You know, Vina, you mentioned um, uh, about, uh, oh, man, it just slipped my mind. Uh, something I, I was going to follow up with the story that you said. Oh, about uh, an abandoned property that I bought 
uh, was owned by several brothers and sisters. One was even in, in jail in the penitentiary someplace. And they were difficult to work with. And you know what I did was um, I found a reason to give one compliment, and I gave it the uh, credit of it to another one of their siblings. You know, James said that you'd be the easiest to work with. And then all of a sudden, uh, they started looking at each other. Oh, did he say that about me? Really? Oh, that was something. Well, I'll tell you, not me, but a Susan that's going to be easy to work with. And before you know it, you had them working together. Very that was so much fun just to watch that come together like that. It, you're, 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 always, you're always part negotiator, part psychologist, part social worker, part everything in this business, oh, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> yeah, oh, and for wearing all those hats, you get paid more than a social worker, a psychiatrist, you name it. You know, you, you make so much money in this business while you have the opportunity to help so many people. Mm -hmm. Now, Reggie, I want to I move on and talk a little bit about, it, it, it's wonderful that we can go and find these abandoned properties and we can buy them so cheaply, but if we can't then do something with them, they're really not going to be uh, uh, terribly valuable things to us. Before we do that, though, we do need to uh, go to some uh, uh, traffic and weather very quickly. We'll be back right after this. Support for Real Life Real Estate on WNKU comes from NKYRents.com, a website advertising northern Kentucky residential rental property. The interactive site allows landlords to place their own ads for apartments and houses for rent and to upload photos online. NKYRents.com, advertising northern Kentucky rental property to users of the World Wide Web. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WNKU. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is National Abandoned Properties Expert, Mr. Reggie Brooks. We're talking about how to make tons of money in abandoned properties, which is not only an incredibly, extraordinarily profitable business, in my opinion, it is a very noble business. Because Absolutely. Nobody likes to live next door to an abandoned property or right. across the street from abandoned property or on the same block as an abandoned property. And yet there's uh, um, a few homeowners who would take on a, um, a property that has been vacant for a year or two or three years, particularly in, in a, I'm, I'm, this may not happen in L.A., Reggie, but in a lot of parts of the country, a property that's been vacant for three years has gone through three winters. And not only has it now got problems with the, you know, cosmetics and so on, but it's got broken water pipes and it's got leaky roofs and it's got mold and it's got problems that your typical homeowner doesn't want to and can't afford to deal with. And therefore, it's got to be us investors who go in and pour money into turning those things around in return for a decent profit. Yeah, you know, that's the thing about abandoned properties, too, is as you say it there, they're just a headache that nobody wants, um, but you do so so good with them. Um, one of my students uh, is a husband and wife team in, in the area of in Central Florida, and it was so wonderful watching them because they got so excited. I was in uh, I was in Orlando, Florida, doing a talk with Russ Whitney's group, and they invested in my abandoned property system in January of '05, and I love to talk about them because they went directly to work and they found a property, didn't need a whole lot of work just needed a little fix-up, a little cosmetic, a little paint. They shampooed the carpet. They uh, cut the tall grass from in front. They, they uh, trimmed the hedges and the trees, and they turned that into over $77,000 in less than two months. Mm -mm -mm. They invested in January 05, and the check that I show that I love to talk about was March 4th, 2005, mm -hmm. less than two months. And that's, that's the example of one of the things that you can do with these abandoned properties, which is uh, what we call retailing. You, you buy them, you, you go in and you turn them 
turn them completely around. I mean, you, right. you really, really do a, a nice job uh, rehabbing them so that a, a homeowner wants to live there and you sell it and, and retailers make a lot of money. Retailers, I, I think I think the minimum amount that retailers in, in our market here want to make is around $25,000 per deal. Uh, and and they deserve that money because there is you know time and effort put into uh, fixing up the properties. But I know that another thing that you talk about is the idea of wholesaling the same abandoned properties. Mm-hmm. And wholesaling is so easy with an abandoned property. First of all, let me just explain a little bit. With an abandoned property, you, you have an owner that has that's spending money out, no money coming in. Someone sees the property and wants to buy it. Now, the average person doesn't have a couple hundred thousand dollars under the mattress, so they're going to go and get a loan. The problem is that no institutional lender is going to lend on an abandoned property because it needs work, some degree of work. So here's where the wholesaling opportunity, the retailing opportunity, and the opportunity for owner financing comes into play. If the owner can't expect some um, buyer to get a loan, then what option does he have? Continue to make that mortgage payment to keep his credit clean? you know. Uh, so what you do is you learn owner financing. The basis uh, is a simple clause like this offer is subject to the owner financing the entire transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, and, and so in doing and getting owner financing on this abandoned property where the owner doesn't have a choice, he doesn't ask for um, credit, he doesn't care what your credit's like, he doesn't care, and I ask this every time when I do a seminar. Those of you that got owner financing, did they ask if you had a good job, prove that you had a job? They don't care. You don't have to have money, credit, nor job. All you have to do is to learn how to write the contract up, and the owner becomes the bank. Mm-hmm. So instead of him spending money out, he may get three, four, five hundred dollars in per month instead of the money going out. Um, and it's just up to your negotiation. So now you're able to take a property that an owner has no choice in because he knows that a person's not going to get a conventional loan, and you're able to turn that property around, buy the property from the owner without having money, credit, nor job. Now as far as fix-up, what do you do about that? That's usually a question that I get. Well, Reggie, I can understand you can buy them with no money, no credit, no job, but how am I going to fix it up? Well, you know, part of what I love to teach is how to go and get free money from the government for real estate. Because many of these abandoned properties are in what we call targeted areas. That doesn't mean they have to be war zones. That just means that there is a, it's an area that they have determined where they would like to infuse money into this area. So they, they provide low interest rate loans, they provide subsidies, and they also, supply, uh, they also provide grants for your fix-up. But even if you can't get a grant, I got another little uh, solution that anybody can use on anything. You need some money for a real estate rehab, $30,000 or so. You run a little ad, and the little ad might say $30,000 needed for real estate rehab project, your money, a 20% return on your money in six months, secured by real estate. Mm-hmm. Who in his right mind is not going to want a 20% return on $30,000 these days? And if you annualize it, you're really talking about a 40% return annualized. So let's say you get the money back in six months, as you promised. You take that money, do your rehab, you sell the property, make a whole bunch of money, and give the owner back or give the lender back his 30000 plus 20%, $6,000. So there's always a solution. And what I encourage everybody to do is don't spend much time on the problem. 
once you've identified the problem, spend all the rest of your time allowing a solution to come. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and again, with these abandoned properties, you have you have many many uh, possibilities because they are unwanted. And uh, Reggie, we had a we had a call uh, from a fellow who unfortunately had to get off the phone. I think he was on a cell phone uh, that kind of kind of fits in a little bit with, with what we've been talking about, which is uh, uh, the rehab process. Um, Ben's question is, what are your your in your opinion, what are the top five best improvements for putting into these properties to make the maximum amount of money? Top five, well, you naturally kitchen, bath, uh, the floorings, the, um, um, well, if we're talking about uh, structural as well, you got to make sure, when we're talking electrical and plumbing, you have to make sure that if you're doing a rehab, you're going to put in copper rather than galvanized, but then also is the landscaping. Uh, that's the. Uh, I like to pay attention to the eye candy. Mm-hmm. We're already going to do a good job structurally. Yeah, the interesting. What we really want to pay our attention to is the eye candy. The interesting thing about abandoned properties is, is many times they do really need to be just sort of. We, we, don't, we don't call it gutted because we don't necessarily take the walls out, but they need a new furnace, they need a new roof, they need new plumbing, they need new wiring. All of that stuff is is just sort of. It's just expect. It's just your basic stuff, right? I mean, yeah, it's basic stuff when you're doing a, a rehab or a complete rehab. But now I want to just mention that many of these abandoned properties that my students are finding, Vena, don't need a lot of work at all. I want to tell you about James. James Bird, he's become a real good friend of mine. He found an abandoned property during the daytime driving uh, on his way to look at one of his other properties. Just noticed that the shades were always drawn. The yard was always kept because the, when he finally found the owners, he found that the owners really respected the uh, neighborhood, so they always kept the grass cut and the, shri- uh, the shrubs trimmed. But the shades were always drawn day and night. And he went ahead, found that property, he bought it, he paid 200000 for it. Now, here was his rehab. He changed the locks on the property. He spent $35 to change the locks on the property, and then he remarketed it. He sold it within a month and a half for 400000 and got a backup offer of 403 My goodness. So many of these properties, yes, you're right, some of them really need a, a, make, a remake or a makeover, but many of them are just cosmetic. Mm-hmm. And in this case, he was able to sell it. Oh, and not even have to change the carpet. Interesting. Now, Reggie, we need to take another quick break. I do want to remind callers that we are in, or listeners that we are in the last 10 minutes of the program now. And if you want to take advantage of Reggie Brooks's wisdom, our numbers are 859-572-7897 or outside the greater Cincinnati area, 888-ASK-VENA. That's 888-ASK-V-E-N-A. We'll be back right after this. Program support comes from Key Bank. Key Bank has borrowing options and advice for refinancing, remodeling, and relocating. More information about key mortgages, home equity loans, and lines of credit is at key.com. Subject to credit approval, Key Bank, achieve anything. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. I would be remiss if I did not remind local listeners that the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati is meeting tomorrow evening at the usual location, the Culping Center out on Mill Road in Springfield Township. The beginners meeting is on nearly no money down deals. It's sort of a basic outline of what creative finance is all about. Uh, I am, I'm going to be leading that beginners meeting as I do on the second Thursday of every month. The 730 meeting is entitled, Are You Financially Intelligent with 
Rhea, past president Dave Tobin. Rhea is open to all members of the general public and investors at every level of knowledge and experience. So get yourself to the Rhea meeting tomorrow night. More information at CincinnatiRhea.com or by calling 859-292-RIA, 859-292-RIA. Again, the meeting is at the Culping Center on Mill Road in Springfield Township. Early meeting starts at 6, main meeting at 7.30. Well, Reggie, we're down to the last few minutes of the program here, and we've talked about why abandoned properties. We've talked about what makes abandoned properties. We've talked about some of the things that you can do with abandoned properties. Um how does one go about, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be listeners out there now who are, who are going, you know, this sounds kind of exciting. What would be the first step that you would uh, tell a listener uh, needed to happen in order for them to start making these profits from these abandoned properties? Well, you know, there's a lot of people know my bio that I never graduated from high school. I dropped out in the 11th grade, but that doesn't mean that I don't believe in education. That's the key to it all. And in this case, specific education, uh, you need to learn how to process an abandoned property, how to find them, how to find the owners, what to say to the owners, um, how to negotiate best with the owners, some of the intricacies of going in and out of the abandoned property uh, process. It's a lot of money you can make, and it's not very difficult. But our time is so limited, and and I'm just appreciative. And and and, and Reggie, we're we're gonna um, uh, uh, have to have to skip skip past this part right this sure. second because of because of uh, this being public radio. Um, the uh, um, interesting thing, though, about the the way you set your course up is it is a step by step thing. And I I know that you believe, like I believe, that although education is important, going out and doing it's important too. Absolutely. I mean, so step, step, step two after the education is not put the, put the book on the shelf and sit around and wait for it to make you make money. Yeah, that doesn't happen. I believe in two things. I believe that uh, in order to make superior profits, you have to do both things. You have to acquire and use a superior knowledge. And if you're not willing to do that, then, um, you know, you just won't make superior profits. It's not easy, Veen, and I'm sure you know this, that it's not easy to become a millionaire in America. What I've found over the years, Vina, it just takes a shift in the way we think. Mm-hmm. And it's a very slight shift in many, many cases of the way that we think. How to take something that may have been uh, someone's um, a thorn in their side and turn it into a benefit and a profit for somebody, thus leaving that person's thorn in his side. Mm-hmm. And that's what abandoned properties are all about. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting that you said that because I know that a lot of, especially new investors, especially when you start talking about things like abandoned properties and things like sellers who have problems, sellers who have inherited property, sellers who are getting divorced, whatever, they they start thinking in their minds that what you're doing is you're somehow finding people with troubles and you're taking advantage oh, no. of the troubles. Oh, no. No, no way. Uh, and this is one thing that uh, I appreciate so much about the abandoned property system because you are helping people. You're doing some good out there. You've got owners that otherwise, other than you, they're stuck continuing to make a mortgage payment, most of them, with no way in sight of how to stop the bleeding of money going out. But with you and your superior knowledge, you come along and you offer that solution. I found a long time ago that what we are are highly paid consultants. We invest our time and our money to learn our trade and we learn it very well. And then we position ourselves 
to help the people who won't go about learning as we have. And so, therefore, we're compensated very highly for it. Mm -hmm. I'm very proud of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, people who, who, who not only won't learn like we have, but don't want to. Yeah, uh, don't I, want to. I mean, Many I, of them just rather pay you. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I myself have been the motivated seller of properties several times during my real estate career. Well, my wife was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we fought against it, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and when, you, when you are in that position, you, you sort of understand why why someone would walk away from $100,000 in equity in the yeah. case of an L.A. property or, of course, you know, here in Cincinnati, you have to move all the decimal points back one, right? So <laughs> walk away from $10,000 worth of equity here in, in the Cincinnati market. Uh, but um, until until folks actually take this information and use it and start talking to some of these motivated sellers, they really don't grasp how what an important service it is to contact these folks and just just talk to them about buying they don't they don't understand how grateful the sellers are to even hear from you until they do it oh yeah you know that i mentioned about my son his big profit three hundred ninety four thousand the woman who sold him that house was so grateful that he came along and he solved her problems for her. and not only the owners of these properties many times it's the neighbors that uh, benefit most and i'll tell you a really quick story we were working on a four-unit abandoned property, four-family uh, unit. And uh, we were in there for a couple of weeks, and uh, around lunchtime a lady showed up and said, Mr. Brooks, I know that uh, you're the boss here. Uh, how, do you, how do your people eat? And I said, well, I usually go get them Chinese or pizza. She says, well, not anymore. I want you to come next door at lunchtime. I love to cook. I've already been cooking all day, and I have a spread there for you. And so we went over there, the entire crew, and we had lunch there. And she sat there on a high chair just humming and patting her foot because she enjoyed us eating her meal and uh, us allowing her to say thank you to us. And that's what it was. That's that's that, that's wonderful. And, and you know, you've, as, much as, as much as I love to hear the stories about the big checks people get, I also love to hear the stories about the good that they do. Yes, in, yes, in, yes, yes. In the community. And that's the one thing that I love so much about our business. We, we get to make a lot of money, but we make our money by helping other people. So it's gratifying on both sides. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very true, very true. And we very much appreciate you joining us uh, today, Reggie. I just have one more quick question for, for you because we only have literally 30 seconds or a minute left here. Sure. Uh, what's going on in the L.A. market? Looking good, looking bad? I'm sorry? It's looking good, looking bad? Oh, it's looking good. It's always good when you know how to buy. I don't care what the market's doing. Learn how to buy right, and it's always good. But what we're experiencing is uh, uh, the market is still going up in a lot of places, and a few places we're seeing that the properties are sitting a little bit longer on the market. You know, the days on market is a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. So we're not as robust or as uh, brisk as we were as far as sales are concerned. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's still very, very strong. And I gather you're going to keep right on plugging away, right on making those offers on abandoned properties. And even if the market just goes to heck in a handbasket, you're still going to be making money out there in L.A., huh? Yeah, because you know how to buy correctly. And on an abandoned property, if you learn how to negotiate with these owners, you always buy with so much equity. It doesn't matter what the market does. Well, thank you very much, Reggie. Appreciate you being thank here you, today. Vina. Looking thank forward you. to the next time we see each other. Don't forget the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting tomorrow night. The early meeting for beginners is at 6.30. We'll be back next week with more information. Till then, happy investing. 
program support comes from the Business Courier, presenting their commercial real estate developers power breakfast Tuesday, April 25th from 7.30 to 9.30 a.m. at the Synergy Center. Red's owner Robert Castellini will be the featured speaker. Registration information at cincinnati.bizjournals.com or at 513-621-6665.